welcome to the second installment of the Storm Tracker podcast presented by the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. My name is Shane Brancato, and I'm joined by my co-host and teammate, Kyle Watson. We're here to bring you news, updates, and interviews to bring you closer to all of our teams here on campus. This week, we'll be joined by Connor Arthur to recap the football season, as well as the men's hockey coach, Alex Todd, to discuss the hockey team as we head into Christmas break and the halfway point of the season. We're going to start this week's podcast, as always, with the weekly roundup section, looking back at past week's results. There's a lot of Thunder victories, and we're going to start with the women's basketball team. The number 17-ranked tri-women's basketball team were victorious in a big way against conference rivals St. Mary's by a score of 88-54 to to extend their record to 6-1 and and remain undefeated in their MIAA campaign by being 3-0. and A huge second half where they outscored St. Mary's 51-25 to saw them pull away overwhelmingly after being ahead by 8 at the half. So, again, we talked last week, don't give up more than 60. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to outscore teams <laughs> Actually, one, it doesn't really matter. I, yeah, I don't think you need to worry about it too, too much. But, yeah, I think it just speaks to – I mean, they're probably scoring so much because they just have the ball. You know, it's just possession. You know, if you're just shutting the other team down, they never get any momentum going. They're not generating any offense. So, it's basically just a shooting gallery down the other end for the Thunder by the sounds of it. Yeah, I say, we, say again, contributions from everywhere. 35 bench points. Obviously, they're ahead by a lot and took the starters out, but – that's got to give the team a lot of confidence, given the production from the bench, when given the opportunity, knowing that, you know, down the stretch, if people get hurt, if people get sick, you need to give people opportunities. They have that in-game experience now that they have produced in, in that kind of setting. Yeah, it's always good to get people experience. You know, you know that you can rely on them, even if they're not necessarily somebody that you lean on as much as your, your starters or your seniors. But uh, it's always nice to be in a game like that where you can maybe give them some rest and get some new faces and new spaces in there. Um, Sydney Wagner led the way, scoring 23 points with eight rebounds and nine assists. Uh, almost a triple-double, which is unheard of in college basketball, considering she only played 28 minutes. Yeah, that's that's an absurd stat line. Like, that's... That's pretty rock star. Yeah, I mean, I kind of <laughs> wish they would have left her in just to get you know, a couple freebie <laughs> rebounds and an assist. But, you know, that's, that's still an awesome night for Sydney. You know, there's no... No secret why she's probably going to be an All American again this yeah. year, and she's just living throw, up to the hype. Just throw under the paint with your big rebounder and just like tip her the ball so she gets those two rebounds. Like, yeah, just put her out there for free throws or something. I'm not really sure how that works. But <laughs> nice. No, but yeah, and they say Trine was 46.5 percent from the field and had 40 points in the paint. So yeah, you talk about being under, underneath the rim and, and scoring points in the dirty areas, getting to the paint, like, that's that's a lot of points from, from the paint. So Yeah, I mean, and shooting 46.5% from the field, that's never going to hurt you, you know. No, I, that's not a bad thing. I think that's what I got on a couple of my anatomy and phys exams. <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. I'm sure they're pretty happy with 46.5% from the field. That's Oh. Moving on to men's basketball, the number 19-ranked trying men's basketball team maintained their undefeated record as they moved to 7-0 and in a thriller at the MTI on Saturday. A career day with 18 points for Aiden Smiley helped the boys win by a final score of 79-78 to against the visiting Stevens Point Pointers. There's no pictures in the scorecard for this one, I guess. Like, just, just find a way. Good teams do. I mean, they're up by 15 in the second half, and let it slip a little bit, but managed to hang on. Like, it was a good one for the neutrals, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's never, it's not always going to be pretty. Um, 
you know, I think anybody who's played sports know that, you know, sometimes it's pretty easy to fall asleep and get out to big lead or things just aren't clicking. But like you said, good teams just find a way to win. You know, that's, that's the difference. And Steven's point as well, they're always, I feel like they're good at every sport. Like they're just, I feel like that whole school has just got like just a gritty, like tough, like kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah, you know where Steven's sports. point is? Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's just in the middle of Wisconsin. They got nothing else <laughs> to do. Like, so, but no, and then looking, so they struggled from three-point range, only shooting 23.8%, and Steven's point went six for 12, so 50%. So they were they were kind of buzzing. You know, if your other team's hitting threes, that can kind of be demoralizing at times, um, especially if you're not hitting yours. But, you know, they did a great job by sticking with it and finding a way to win. Obviously, they were missing missing Biggie with his hand injury. Um, I'm sure that would have helped having him on the, the defensive glass. But, again, like just – Good teams find a way to win. They don't ask how. They ask how many. You're 7-0. and Beat every team you played against. Keep the change. Yeah, you can't argue with that. I mean, anytime you can escape with a win, that's it's a good day. You just regroup, come back whenever the next game is. Yeah, they play next next Monday and next Wednesday. So if you're still if you're still in town after finals week, then make sure you get out to the MTI and, and cheer the boys on, as I'm sure they're going to be trying to go 9-0. and And I, I place my bets on that they're going to. So, yeah, big win, big win for the boys there, and hopefully, hopefully they can keep it going. So moving on to women's hockey, the Triumph women's hockey team hosted their annual Pink the Rink Night, uh, hosted for Breast Cancer Awareness, and they put on a show, winning 7-0 on Friday and 8-0 on Saturday for their first sweep of the year, heading into the Christmas break. Freshman Hannah Lambers led the team with four points on Friday, six points on the weekends, alongside Kaylee Maleko and Peyton Hans, also having six points on the weekend. With the latter, Peyton breaking the program record previously held by Brandy Wilson for career goals and points with 35 goals and 65, 65 points. So a huge shout-out to Peyton for that achievement. It's not bad. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's, what, a junior, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – so she's shattering that record. So congrats to Peyton for that. You know, like we've talked about in previous weeks, it's nice to see – our women's team get a little bit of success knowing how hard they work. You know, they've been off to a slow start, um, so I'm sure it feels really good to just put a, a thumping on a school, heading into break, head into Christmas, feeling pretty good about it. A lot of positive energy going. A lot of girls with big weekends getting a lot of points. Uh, Peyton breaking records. A lot of first goals, too. A lot of freshmen scoring their first. I think they think almost ran out of pucks at one point. They were, they were taking them off the ice so quick and taping them up. So yeah, I mean, that's I've, a good feeling. Yeah, it's got to give a lot of people confidence, taking kind of the monkey off your back, getting your first as you head into to bigger games down the stretch. Um, so they've won three out of the last five, and if you ask any of the girls, I figured they'll probably tell you that they should have beat Marion in those two games, you know, losing one nothing and 200 overtime, and I'm putting 71 shots on the net. Like So they're in a good spot. It's good to see a young team get some momentum going into break. So, um, yeah, really excited for them, them to get back, and I think they played Dubuque on – December 30th, I believe. So, you know, when then going into the new year on a high and, and kind of see where that see where that takes you. So, yeah, yeah, you never know in the second half. You battle back at the 500 and see what happens. Yeah, just got to get in. Let's get in. Up next, we have men's track and field. The men's and women's track and field teams were in action at the Strive for Greatness meet at Indiana Tech and did not disappoint. Senior Jake Gladio set a new school record with a time of 7.99 seconds in the 60-meter hurdles, while teammates Grayson Spahn and Zion Jackson also finished in the top five. Not bad. School record, sure. 
Like, yeah, I can't argue. <laughs> he with that. can't really I mean, do much more. <laughs> I, I broke his own record at that, you know. So he set that last year. I'm pretty sure. So at this point, he's just competing against himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of awesome too that they have so many people up there in the top five. Um, looking at other finishers, Zach Gaynor finished third in the 800 meters. Um, Jack or uh, uh, Jake Gladio again. Uh, with Johnson, Smith, and Spar finished third in the 4x400 relay. Uh, Dylan Dennison was third in the weight throw. And then the shot put teammate Alexander Lewis was fourth. So a lot of guys in the in the top five. Like, it's good for early on in the year. Yeah, and that's awesome. And then I was explaining this to you before we got on, kind of how that works for people who don't yeah, I've, know. Yeah, I personally have no clue. For track and field. And somebody can correct me if this is wrong or different in college, but you're getting – even if you don't necessarily win your event, you're still getting team points for finishing third, fourth, or fifth. So the fact that we have this many people placing and contributing to points and winning meets and events is awesome. You know, that track and field, as much as it's an individual sport, it is a team sport because you need everybody to do their job and contribute if you want to be looking at winning conference championships and things like that. I'm glad we have you on for this because I have no idea how that works. I just see people, I'm like, you run fast, you throw far, you jump far. Yeah, there's a lot of... more thinking to it than you <laughs> think there is. And they're very fast and throw very far very, and jump very far. Very, very athletic people. So, no, yeah, but no, that's awesome. So good for them, and obviously, as I'm, I'm sure they'll only improve as the year goes on. Like, this is the first first full meet where it's not just some of the runners, so I mean. Yeah, I mean, and they're still indoor, too, at this rate. So, you know, by the time they get click into the outdoor season, they're going to be like a well-oiled machine. Do you run faster outdoor? Is that why you say that? Or I, I like, I prefer outdoor. Yeah. I know some people like, you know, the distance people especially hate indoor. That kind of makes sense. Because it's just, you just turn. Yeah. Like a NASCAR. Yeah. You do nothing turns. but turn. Um, yeah. I get, depends who you ask, but I think most track people will say they prefer outdoor. Learn something new every day. What would you do without me? I don't think I don't know what I'd do without you, Shane, if I'm being honest with you. So moving into the women's track and field, as mentioned, the women's track and field were also in attendance at Indiana Tech and had some strong individual efforts. Lydia Randolph had the solo event win as she won the women's 3,000-meter run with a time of 10 minutes, 31.21 seconds, while Avery Boyce finished third in the pole vault and Bryn Merickle, sorry if I said your name wrong, Finished fourth in the 60-meter hurdles. So, again, I mean, talk about getting event wins. That's big. I'm sure that gets points. I just learned that. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I, again, you know, I mean, on both sides here, the men and the women, just really successful. A lot of people placing. Uh, Avery's a warrior. Pole vault is really scary. <laughs> I know what that is. Just, no, I know what yeah, that one is. No, yeah. no thanks. I got to shout that out. I respect them. <laughs> just launch yourself stupid high in the air and hope for the best. Yeah, you just turn yourself into a projectile. <laughs> uh, and speaking of running and jumping, uh, shout out to Mackenzie Miller, who finished fourth and third, respectively, in the long jump and the 60-meter hurdles. Her time of 7.93 seconds was close to the school record, as well as 17-foot, 5-inch long jump, which is also bordering on the school record. Uh, those are both fantastic numbers. That's far. I don't know much about it, but that, that's a big yeah. jump. That's far. That is very far. It's a lot of feet. Yeah. Like 17 of them, like quite a few feet. Um, 
So, yeah, so they sent the most team members in order to get a feel uh, for what it is. You know, I think it's good getting as many people out there as you can before the season really kicks into gear. Um, so, yeah, huge positive. Great job to, to both the men and the women's team. Uh, keep it going. And the next event is at home on January 13th, so when we get back from break. So make sure you're out there supporting them as they look to improve on being fast, jumping far, throwing far, because that's the simple nature of my mind that's the only thing i understand once i get once again that whole sport is just be a good athlete yeah be good at something and they're they're doing a great job so yeah keep it going there was a change of plan with the interview for this week we will have blair Wright with us next episode today we're joined by senior wide receiver from the football team connor arthur connor how are you doing today i'm doing great how are you guys doing doing good so looking at your guys' schedule, it's kind of a tale of two halves kind of season for you guys, finishing 4-1 and one in your last five games. Describe, like, the difference in the first half and the second half. Yeah, so, you know, coming into each season, there's expectations and uh, things you kind of expect from the team as you come in. And we came in this year very excited, you know, offensively. We had a lot of veteran leadership coming back, um, including our quarterback, Alex Price. Um, up front on the O-line, we were pretty solid all around. Um, a lot of veteran guys, but also some new faces up front. But when you look at the skill positions, we were returning almost everyone in that aspect. And um, offensively this year, we were able to produce and uh, – have a good season but on the f other side of things you know we had a pretty young defense um great players just need to you know tune up a little bit and um just keep working hard because they we got great players but uh just some assignment things that could be fixed and looking back um it's little stuff that can easily be taken care of yeah so you talk about the offensive line obviously Every great football team is built around a good offensive line. So talk about their success and how they helped you guys this year offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one big component with our O-line is they uh, have played together a long time. Um, we have multiple three-year starters, four-year starters on the O-line, and um, accountability and just that reliability up front is huge, especially with a quarterback who can sling it like ours can. And um, just being able to help each other out, as I mentioned previously, we did have some newer guys, some younger guys on the O-line, and um, they were great mentors for those young guys, and we had a lot of development in that um, position room throughout the year. So you talk about having a quarterback that can sling it out like Alex Price can. Obviously, 75-yard pass in the first play of the game against Albion. You guys came away. Victor's 35-28 to 28 in that game, and I feel like that was kind of a big turning point in your year. Just walk us through that game for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the preparation for the conference games are always a little more um, impactful, a little more deep. You know, you always prepare that extra step, but at the same time, you uh, are so used to playing these teams that you pick up on little things over the years. And um, I think one big thing in these conference games is momentum. And to start out, like, shooting out of a cannon with the 75-yard uh, pass from Alex Price to Kale Lawson, it really just uh, put a just ball of energy in our sideline. And um, we rode that the whole game. Our defense, um, although they had faced some adversity up until this point in the season, they were able to uh, step up. And a lot of guys grew immensely just from that game playing such a good offense on the other side in Albion and um, getting a big win on the road is always a key turning point any season so so as a senior um, on your way out how excited does it make you to see how successful some of these young guys can be both offensive and defensively and how much that might impact the future of the program the next couple of years 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys who are really good players and could probably be playing somewhere else. But with our past success and just the program that we have here, um, there is a waiting period for almost everyone. Um, but a lot of these guys are just waiting for that right moment and they are ready for that moment. Um, I'm really excited to see a lot of these young guys step up um, when their time's called because with a lot of senior leadership leaving on both sides of the ball, um, offensively, we're going to be looking to replace a lot and um, a lot of firepower we're losing. Um, and then looking on defense, I mean, just the ability to grow and learn from this past year. And um, a lot of guys on our defense were first-time starters, were freshmen, even some sophomores who are finally getting that first ch um, shot. I think it's important for them to grow and really learn from the uh, ups and downs of this year. How tough can that be for the young guys who maybe not getting reps in live games, trying to stay engaged and feel like they're ready when their number is called? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I've actually been there myself and the world of college athletics and being on a college football team, especially, um, it's very challenging because you're no longer in high school. You're no longer that guy. You're just one of the guys who can overall help your team be the best it can be. And that's hard for a lot of guys to learn. And I think the biggest thing is just really valuing, um, the mentorship and leadership that those older upperclassmen provide to you because at the end of the day, those are the guys who have been through the experiences and have maybe won those big games on the road. Or I know for you guys going late in the season, those can be the dog days. And um, it's the same way in football season when it gets in late October and it's cold and um, no one really wants to show up to practice anymore. You got to find that extra just push too. And I think that's something just learned through uh, – talking and even just taking the criticism and all the just teamwork that comes with the sport. So talking about having young guys, that it's kind of their first first bite of the cherry, if you like. That kind of leads to that inexperience and some self-inflicted wounds. Was that something that you guys were affected with at all this year? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's fair to say that you can have these wounds even um, – as upperclassmen and we early in the season really battled this is um, not letting our emotions get bigger than us, you know, knowing that every decision that you make within the game, every snap, every decision you make really matters towards the outcome. And um, early in the year, we saw that immensely in the Rose Holman game. Um, we let one sl uh, slip early when we really shouldn't have because we had them inside the 10 multiple times and self-inflicted penalties moved us back and uh, ultimately cost us a chance to win at the end of that game. So just overall experience can also hurt sometimes um being in the heat of the moment it can sometimes be a lot and just I'm looking forward to seeing how these young guys can control their emotions and honestly learn from all the things that we have went through this past season so looking back obviously you're graduating this spring to your four years of trying what would you say a highlight is from football for you um I would say personally for me one of my Favorite memories being on the Trinity University football team um, actually came in my freshman year. Um, being one of the only teams in the country to even be able to play football during COVID was really cool, and I really learned a lot from that experience. Um, and I was here with my brother, too, which made that all the more cool. 
And in the spring of my freshman year, I was able to score my first touchdown against Albion. And that was just a really cool experience. Even though some of it was overshadowed by COVID, it was still really cool to just kind of break through from transitioning from high school to being a college student athlete. And then, so what would you have done differently if you could do these four years over again? Um, I think one thing I would do differently is just really try to get involved with more sports on campus. I, I'm heavily involved in winter athletics um, with my internship here at Trine, and I've enjoyed all of that, but I would really like to you know, experience some of the different things of all the different sports we have to offer here at Trine and kind of just learn how every team gets the recruits they do, gets the players they do. I think it would be really cool to just uh, learn how that whole process works. Well, Connor, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us, and uh, yeah, we'll see you around. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Of course, yeah, boys. Thank thanks coming. for having me. Have a have a good season. Thank you. Appreciate Keep going. It. So, looking forward to the athlete spotlights from this week. So, as mentioned last week, the student athlete advisory committee recognizes three athletes each week for their performances. So, the three athletes this week were Jake Gladio for his record time, Aiden Smiley for his big day and a close win. And then kind of goes without saying, Peyton Hans is record breaking weekend. Um, so I think we've spoke about spoke about Jake. That's absurd. Um, <laughs> not really much else to say on that. Like no, yeah, like I said, it's just it's him versus him at this point. So I mean, he's had an incredible track and field career by everything I've seen. So uh, the fact that he's still doing it is awesome. You know, it's. The motivation leaving a good legacy. Motivation so. to just keep getting better and just know no one's gonna be better than me. Even though I'm getting I'm going out the door, I'm still gonna be determined to be the best I can and and set a legacy. Especially when like I feel like track and field is such like a numbers based thing. Like he has the record. He could easily be like, All right, I have the record here. No, I'm breaking it. Like Yeah, you gotta impressive. respect that. It takes a lot to be intrinsically motivated enough to say, Hey, like I am the best at this, but I'm gonna continue to improve. Just because I still think I have more. And yeah. I, I really respect that. It's awesome. Then talk about Aiden Smile a little bit too, but obviously in a close win coming out with that that career day for him, it doesn't it's always like it's sometimes it's not what you do, it's who you do it against. Like eighteen points in a one point win, like that's that's huge. He was he was sixty percent from the three point line as well. So that was very impressive day for him and obviously was kind of the spark plug that that tipped them over the line um, alongside four other guys who had at least 11 points. But, you know, you know, Smiley was kind of the, kind of the highlight of, uh, of that game. So, so good for him, the sack squad, giving him a shout out. And then I guess we got to pump Peyton's tires a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not too much to say. Other than <laughs> that's just, he just scores goals. He just creates offense. You know, that's uh, something that they have a team has struggled with, but even in spite of that, she's found a way to just fill up the stat sheet and keep finding a way to get to the net, which is awesome. And the fact that she has one more year is it's going to make it pretty hard for anybody to catch up to her. Hundred watch. Is that is it a bold claim? I don't think it no, is. I don't, I don't think, think it is at all. Who knows? Does she have a COVID year? I think she might. No, she's saying. No, oh, I'm the last class of the COVID year. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, she's, what, 65? She's got a year left. A year and a half left. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 
they're gonna be a pretty. They're gonna have a lot of people with experience coming back next year. They're a pretty young team. Like thirty points in a year is not unheard of. That's very bad. I've heard of a guy called Garrett Halford before. Yeah, he played here for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's touching his record. I <laughs> missed the guy. But. Joining us today is the head coach of the Tri Men's NCAA hockey team, Coach Alex Todd. Coach Todd founded the program in 2017 and has developed the team to become a ranked team in just six short years. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I guess we'll start with this current season. So being that we're off to a really strong start, what would you attribute most to our early success this year? Just hard work. I mean, I think early in the year uh, when you got a lot of new players, if you're working hard, you're going to get some bounces, and we definitely got some bounces early. And I think um, when you've got new players uh, trying to fit into a new team, if uh, they get confidence early and they see success in the, the work ethic, then they uh, believe, and we have belief plus hard work, uh, good things happen. So going off of that, what's been the biggest struggle this year? So we talked on the podcast last week about we're 10-2 and two and we feel like we could be 12-0. and 0. Um, there's a lot of re- uh, areas where we can still grow as a team and being 10 and two has been a huge positive. So what do you say the biggest struggle has been so far this year? Struggle is just consistency. Uh, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you always want to give your players the best chance to win. And, uh, when players play inconsistently, uh, it's tough to, to know exactly, um, what to do to win. I think we've got enough talent and enough experience and enough, uh, energy and fitness and all the different ingredients for success it's just that sometimes guys um, aren't uh, always bringing all their ingredients with them. And so you, you get frustrated because though we've won a few games, uh, we felt that uh, we could have played better during those games. And we want to develop those habits and have that recipe perfect uh, come conference games, comes conference playoffs, and, and hopefully right on through. So the, um, the, the tough part has been to stay positive. Uh, with all the success that we've had, at the same time staying hungry to work on the, the little details and the things that will keep us consistent and um, ultimately playing our best at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, given that things have been going well, it's, it's been no secret that we've been getting a ton of scoring from our defense, which is pretty unusual. Um, how important has that been to you know, how things have been going? Well, you got to score. So, I mean, anybody who's willing to chip in is huge. And I think if you look at the roster from last year, we just graduated a lot of senior forwards. So having defensemen um, that are a little more experienced step up and uh, covering for the forwards um, was always kind of something we, we felt we needed earlier in the year. However, now with uh, the new guys that have been able to play half the season and, and kind of get used to trying and trying hockey, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that in the second half, the forwards will pick up the scoring to complement the D we don't uh, want or need the D to stop scoring, but if they can continue to score at their current pace <clears throat> and then our forwards chip in a bit more, that will be a very, very strong offensive team. So then what would you say has changed about the culture of the program from the early years to the past few years where we've kind of developed into being a contender in the NCHA? Culture-wise, uh, this was an um, opportunity for a lot of people early on uh, to come here and, and just give it their best shot. And some great people came here and really helped us build. And I'd say culturally over the years now, it's become a place where people come to achieve and to win and to succeed. So the, the attitude, the energy has always been fantastic. The support's always been great. And the, the purpose to 
to be our best and work hard and achieve and, and, and have the, the entire Trine community proud of our effort um, has always been a part of the program. I would say in the last few years, though, uh, there, there's been players and a, and a culture change that has included, you know, being a champion, uh, winning all the games and, and, and really uh, pushing for those postseason opportunities. So as Wadi mentioned, you were the one who came in and built this program. You know, obviously we want to win, but what, what's your ultimate goal? this like where do you see trying men's hockey going in say five years i think uh five years is just this constant growth i think trying university has made it very clear that we've got a great thing here and when you have something great you don't hide it you you grow it you expand it you promote it and i think with our facility and the youth hockey and the women's hockey and the synchro and the club hockey and everything going on in that facility is just fantastic so for the next five years we want to be a part of continued growth we want to continue to grow uh, events at the arena having more par- people participate at the arena um helping be a leader a role model to help other teams uh you know continue to achieve their goals uh, hopefully add more uh, more of a facility there a second sheet of ice if that's possible and that's you know really our our plan is to um just to stay uh integral part and you know hopefully uh you know as time goes by people look to trine university as as a uh, a very hockey centric place where anybody who's into hockey, who likes hockey, who wants to be in and around an arena can uh, get their fill at Trine university. And I think that's something that, you know, in the next five years that we believe can happen, will happen and uh, want to be a part of happening or being a part of making it happen. And finally, so obviously Shane, I'll mention being the one that came up with this program. What does this mean to you being able to start something and develop it as you see fit? It was awesome. I mean, the the opportunity um, was just so cool. I mean, you think back to, you know, when I first came on this campus, there was a bookstore where the arena was, um, where the arena is, excuse me. And so just to have a, a facility go up alone is something that I think any coach and in, in, in most uh, schools will tell you is a, is a major accomplishment. And then to not only have that facility to go up, but then to have, I think initially when I came here, the hope was to have one women's team one men's team and then a club team. So three teams. I don't think there was necessarily a guarantee or a plan for youth hockey right away. I don't think there was necessarily a plan for two club hockey teams right away. I think there was always a hope for adding a a figure skating program, a synchro program at some point. And uh, the fact that we got all that kind of up and running within the first two years uh, was really, really a a really cool thing. So, um, you know, I guess it's just been, super exciting and and to have it to be a part of it from day one um uh was a challenge but it was a rewarding challenge and now as we're starting to see um some results and some returns on our investment uh, i just look forward to the future because i know it's not done it's not over it's still going so obviously we're, we're on christmas break right now looking forward to to our upcoming schedule it looks like kind of a gauntlet with hamilton being six and one right now and then obviously Adrian at home, uh, it's always circling on the calendar. How much are you looking forward to, to those games and the tests that they might have for us? I can't wait. You know, uh, we were talking the other day, some of the coaches and I, about how uh, the semester break can be such a interesting thing. Some years you just can't, you need the time off. You've been struggling, you've been injured, you've been sick. It's just been one thing after another. And just to get away for a couple of weeks is going to be huge. And then you have a year like this where things are really rolling and, and we're playing strong in our last two games. We're at home, we're fantastic. And so you're just like, geez, like you don't want it to stop. You want to keep going. So uh, to just to get back as quick as you can, because you know that, um, you know, we've got some some great 
uh, team uh, chemistry going right now. We've had some success. So all those pieces are right there, and you just don't want them to get stale, and you don't want them to fade away. So getting back as quick as we can and playing is, is something that I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, then you add the fact that um, you know Hamilton's a strong program that actually beat us earlier this year to try to go out there and get some revenge is going to be huge. And then again, Adrian, is it's a non-conference game on January 5th, which um, – you know, again, it's Adrian, so it's going to be a fun game. It's always a game that we get fired up for. But to have those three non-conference games against really strong teams should really get us focused and centered because after that, it's all conference games right through the playoffs and everything else. So to make sure that we um, have a strong start and have good competition to put us right back to where we need to be is something that looking forward to and can't wait to have it happen. All right, well, we don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, we know you have a busy schedule, so we just wanted to say thank you, Coach Todd, for coming on and answering some of our questions. Thanks for having me, guys. So looking forward, there's not a lot on campus this week with finals coming up, but men's wrestling is down in the best city on earth of Nashville, Tennessee, to compete in the Gator Boots duels on Saturday. And then women's basketball is home Saturday at 1 p.m. against Stout and at 7 p.m. next Tuesday against Geneva and then again on Wednesday against Ashbury. So they, what's that, four games in five days? They're going to so be busy. Yeah, they they got a lot going on. Uh, the men's basketball team doesn't play this weekend, but next Monday are in action against Anderson, and then again on Wednesday against Elmhurst. So if you're still on campus somehow after after um, after finals, your flight gets canceled, you just love Angola that much, get down to the MTI. We had fun this weekend. We won two games. There's five more next week. Why can't – why wouldn't the Trine Thunder go five and zero next week? Why not? I like. I don't see any reason why not. Trying to think of reasons and like. If we're gonna show around. up and do it, you might as well win. No, it's as simple so. as that. All right, that is all we have for you guys this week. Thank you once again for listening. It really means a lot. We got a lot of positive feedback on the first episode. We're also open to constructive criticism. Please be nice, but. Uh, you know, this if is anyone wants to teach me about track and field, I'm more than more than open to it. This is an evolving <laughs> and changing project, so uh, we really appreciate the support. Uh, it's been awesome. We're having fun doing this. So if you have anybody you want us to talk to or something you'd like us to mention, please don't be shy to reach out. Um, good luck to everybody on your finals um, going into Go one, be of, smart. My, Go one be of my smart. last finals weeks ever. And my advice to you would just be take a big, deep breath. You're going to be okay. It's just a grade. You're still a good person. It's a big world. Yeah, you'll be all right. Just relax. Don't stress yourself out too much. Enjoy I, the I process. Got, I got told by a wise man one time, you're the same person when you leave the room from the exam. doesn't change who you are. You're still a good person. That was Tyler Fox. I'll shot him off. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things anybody ever said to me. Um, but yeah, in the, in the wise words of Tyler Fox, uh, regardless of what happens on this test, you are still a good person. Um, <laughs> So just keep that in mind. Don't stress yourself out too much. Try to get some sleep. Uh, have a great finals and have some wonderful holidays. Yeah. Best of luck to the basketball teams next week as well. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your time, guys. Have a good one.